0: However, they are losing so much, their rights, their dignity. They are losing their story. They are losing their identity.
1: Welcome to See Africa, Breathe Africa, a weekly podcast for those who are interested in traveling responsibly and having fun doing it. Ah. See
0: Africa, breathe Africa.
1: if you Listen to the mountains, and if you listen to the hills, if you listen to the rivers, you can see Africa, breathe Africa, see Africa, yeah. Yeah, le, 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 le. see see Africa, breathe Africa, see Africa, yeah. Over the last few weeks, we've been discussing the topic of responsible travel, responsible tourism. Tonight, we focus on a very specific aspect of that, which is volunteer tourism. On the podcast uh, with me today is my co-host, Miha. But we also have a very special guest who is very relevant to today's topic. He hails all the way from Congo. He works as a content writer for Kusimama Africa, which is a Ugandan NGO, the one and only Gabriel Rothomio Kabandole.
0: Thank you very much for having me and I am very glad to be on your platform today.
2: Gabriel, could you tell us a little bit about your background and how much contact you have had with helpers coming to help Africa in one way or another?
0: I'll start off with the fact that I was raised in a Christian household. Uh, This is a household that was very active in the church, churches that would often have, quote unquote, visitors or volunteers coming in from outside the continent. Fast forward to my education, where I studied in a high school that was established or had a missionary background. And then after education, you would say life as is. You are noticing certain patterns. Uh, in the communities or socially in the context of the behavioral patterns of of uh, volunteers coming in what is the nature of your contact with uh, volunteers at present i am a team member of night saviors which is quite famous or infamous subjective to who you ask and it's an educational platform created to highlight the dangers of volunteers and the uh, continuous power dynamics in aid and development and the horrors that it continues to subject onto those in the global south.
1: Is there a point when the good of it crosses or are we writing it off as it's just not a good thing we don't like volunteers?
0: When we look at the good so to speak We have to be honest with ourselves and acknowledge that these two parties are not necessarily benefiting equally. And then oftentimes when it's referred to as negative, we're taking into uh, consideration the long term aspect of it. Germany, for example, sends its medical students. These individuals are not even yet qualified to practice in Germany. It will send them to the global south for quote unquote Work experience. What that entails is that the receiving countries are going to become reliant on this temporary workforce that will gain its skills and then go back to their home countries. Now, at the end of the day, when you create a system of reliance on external aid, the receiving community does not grow to be self reliant. And the aspect of true aid, of true development, or even true volunteering is to go into a community and make sure that you, either as an individual or as an organization, do the best that you can to make sure that after you have done what you have been able to do, that you are no longer required and that there's no one else who's going to come after you. But this community is now self-reliant. What would it entail if, say, Germany got a student from Kamuli a university student or someone who has graduated and take uh, take them to Germany where they're able to gain the experience and then come back to their village and help. you will see that the one or two individuals from Uganda going to Germany in the long run is way more beneficial for the community than five students coming in year in year out, even monthly. And then also we have cases where very many of the people who come to quote-unquote volunteer are not skilled. And in that, you see that even in their own home countries, they would not be allowed to say, go to a class and teach English, which very many of them do. So there's so much that happens within volunteerism. It's a multi-billion
1: dollar industry. Oh yeah? There's money to be made out of it?
0: Yes. When you look at the charges that uh, many of these children, uh, for lack of a better word, pay to come and volunteer to teach English. Uh, You see them paying close to either between 1,500 euros or 2,000 euros to come to Africa for two weeks and uh, teach children English and then do safaris in the game parks and whatnot.
1: Do they only pay to these organizations or does the money somehow trickle them into the communities which they are volunteering in?
0: When you look at how much These uh, companies wreck in versus the financial standings of this community. You see that there is a very big question mark.
2: I was once part of that kind of volunteer travel industry. Throughout my twenty-plus years in East Africa, I've really been in touch with all forms of volunteering. From people coming for two years to those came for two hours I've really done it all but for a year or two I was actually a paid agent and my job was to prepare volunteers as a local coordinator that is at the same time a blemish of my career in a way but also a very interesting experience to have now my thinking simply was if people are doing it why wouldn't we try to convert that demand into something useful at the local level?
0: Well, there's a demand. However, how it's translated to on ground is often beneficial in a one-sided manner.
1: I think what what I'm struggling to understand is what the community itself loses. I mean, there's some things I don't like about uh, some of the volunteer things, especially when it comes to All the images that are projected, just they go to the worst place, the worst ghettos and take those pictures. And they're like, hey, world, this is Uganda, which it is. But that's not all of Uganda. And that's not unique to Uganda. You know, you will find that in the U.S. You'll find that in the U.K. But I don't know. There are volunteers who came and they took money out of the village. They left the village people more broke than they would have been if the volunteers hadn't come. I
0: wouldn't say that they left them more broke. I mean, they could dish them a few cents here and there. However, where the, the host communities loses more is not necessarily in terms of monetary value. I know you've noticed this pattern, and what you had mentioned, especially with the photos, uh, goes into poverty porn. Now, because there's this market to help the African child, the child has always been presented in a specific manner. This community will benefit uh, with a few dollars here and there. However, they are losing so much, their, their rights, their dignity. They are losing their story. They are losing their identity. They will not be in a position to define themselves by their own terms, but rather being defined by how the outside world terms
1: them. So we've established that there is a market for quote-unquote volunteerism. They are willing to pay some money towards this venture. The problem is this money is being paid to organizations that are not benefiting the communities where they are being taken for this experience, right? So what about if these communities go together, they provide a little tour package and they pay top dollar for it, but the top dollar goes to these communities to actually build things in these communities, whatever things are needed within that community, because the people in the community do know what their own issues would be, right? If Africans decided, Ugandans or members of the community decided, let's take control of this trade, couldn't this be a good thing where we are the ones selling this experience you know, to the outside world?
2: Okay, that's happening in substantial numbers in Uganda in Rwanda.
0: For what I know, the cases where communities take control, it does have way more positive and way more long-lasting effects for the community. The only problem is that uh, they are not at par with the traditional organizations.
1: But why? You see, because for me, I would think to myself, we have these communities, right?
2: You can also understand that some of these people, they just want to go travel for a couple of weeks and at the same time do something good. So they are shopping for it, not by you know searching uh, for volunteering in Africa uh, because they don't have time for it. They just go to the closest provider. And even if that person overcharges them, what they want is the service, the experience. Okay, this company has promised to take me to some village in Africa to do something good. I'm going to trust it much more than a little website that I found after three hours of my search.
1: Is there any way to do this volunteering thing right? In a way that's having a positive impact on the communities or... Should we just abolish this thing? Should we start campaigns? and? I know that there's a new system that's coming
0: up. It's, I think it's called cash transfers, whereby rather than making you, set a volunteer, get all this money for you to go, they get that money and then give it to the community. And the community decides to do what it Spills needs to be done because a lot of these programs don't necessarily involve the community in their activities. And this is also one aspect you see with uh, the with whole volunteer program, is that they decide what to needed for the community.
2: Yes, it would be the purest form of getting involved by just sending your money to a reputable local organization. But let's assume I... And somebody who also wants some adventure, wants to see some foreign lands, would like would like something special out of my volunteering. What kind of advice or guidelines uh, would you give such a person?
0: The first thing I'd suggest is to first learn the rules and requirements in their home countries. If you're going to volunteer in your own home country in a school to teach the children a subject, one of the laws that is stated is that you have to have a specific set of skills. So understanding that the dynamics that are left by colonialism, by imperialism, put you in a way more favorable position to easily access these communities and uh, easily exploit these communities, and that the system that, as it is, uh, whether informal or formal, is to preserve the power dynamics, is to preserve the structure of reliance. So oftentimes the only check or the only security that you have to to stop you is yourself
1: would you like to learn more and go deeper follow us on apple podcasts by pressing the plus button at the top or on spotify you should simply tap follow under the podcast title Ni won't be quen that runyas in Ganga, the Taja Gram Ninya, where Rara Mahamba, Ariakwanga and Yamanga, runyas in Ganga, the Taja Rara Mahamba.